0: You sure are. It is uh, four minutes after 7 o'clock. Yeah, Stan the Man is here doing the job tonight, answering your phone calls. You have questions about uh, your employment, current or recently past, if you were let go. That's cool. That's fair game as well. Uh, want to talk about severance, want to talk about workplace rights, harassment, all those things under the employment banner. It's a big topic. That's why we do it four times a week between uh, tonight, Wednesday night, the weekend shows. And, of course, Employment Hour and 30 happening on Global TV and CTV as well. So if you haven't caught that, feel free to uh, to do so to reach out. Um, outside of show hours, simple help at employmenthour.com. We'll endeavor to get to some uh, some emails today and to reach uh, standardly or Lior, member of the team, 1 855 821 5900. But for the purpose of this show, over the next uh, 45, 50 minutes or so, you're uh, familiar with that number, 416 870 star 640 on your cell, or if you prefer, one 225 talk That would be toll-free. Want to get to all kinds of stuff uh, this evening, Stan. We want to talk about absenteeism in the workplace, some emails as well. But first, uh, the week that was, I know you got a couple things you want to talk about, yeah?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for... Uh... Taking kicking it over here, John. Yeah, uh, so I did want to talk about just starting the, the week that was with our topic of the day, which is absenteeism, as you mentioned. And the reason that I've been uh, thinking about this topic recently is I have a current client who her boss, let, they terminate her employment because what they call excessive absenteeism, essentially what most people would call missing too much time from work. Right. So this particular client, she had been there for only seven months, John, not a very long time. And... Under, she had missed a lot of time in that period. She missed 45 days of working days. But nevertheless, most of those working days, when you actually break it down and look at why she was missing time off work, it was either due to a long medical leave of absence or various emergencies that really she couldn't avoid. For And and despite that, the employer is taking the position that she was let go for cause despite missing all this time right. for reasons that really were not her fault. And that kind of gets to the main breakdown that I wanted to touch on this topic, John, which is the difference between voluntary absenteeism and involuntary absenteeism. So voluntary absenteeism, as you can imagine, is what we all kind of think of. You miss time because you just don't want to be there. or you're You don't call right. in or for whatever reason, you don't have a good yep. explanation and you didn't show up. Involunt- uh, involuntary absenteeism kind of deals with all the other situations, Things that, you know, we often think about medical issues, uh, parental leave, bereavement leave, a lot of leaves that are actually covered by the Employment Standards Act provide that if you are off work for these reasons, your job is safe. They cannot let right. you go in those instances. And then oftentimes there's a kind of gray category with, you know, a situation where maybe may be voluntary, may be involuntary. It's hard to say and very much depends on the context. And the example that comes to my mind, John, is from the case that I was uh, referring to with my clients. One particular day, her daughter had her car break down uh, on the highway. And my client, as a good parent, decided that she needed to leave work immediately and go tend to her daughter. Mm -hmm. And so really, that's kind of, in my view, a little bit of a gray area as to whether you can just leave work, drop everything on a dime and leave work in those instances. Because... Her daughter it wasn't necessarily an emergency situation. There were other people to call, a tow truck driver, things like that. And that's one of those gray areas where, you know, if you do have a situation like that in your employment, that's what progressive discipline is really for. Right. To give Your employer should be giving you an opportunity to explain yourself, explain that, you know, if they feel that conduct is not warranted, it's, a, it's not a reasonable absence or a valid absence, then they should warn you that that isn't going to be allowed moving forward. And if it happens again, you may end up having to lose your job. So just wanted to touch on that first topic today, and uh, we can get right into the absenteeism in the workplace. The um, A lot of,
0: I think, when it refers to that story that you're talking about, a lot of employers would, as we say, jump the gun on that one and say that would be a fireable offense. but that doesn't even rise close to the, uh, the point of... Conduct where she could be like, oh, well, I mean, she could be like, oh, they don't like her. They could let her go. They don't like her lipstick, but that's not the point. To let her go is a constructive dismissal. But if they want to let her go uh, without severance,
1: that doesn't—that's not nearly bad enough, is it? No, and it's—it's it's much worse than that. I mean, the medical, the fact that she was off due to medical leave, and you know, oh. even if they don't believe that's the entirety of the reason, that they're relying on other absences for her, you know, cause allegation. The fact that the absences are related to medical issues and therefore taint the termination makes it a human rights issue. You know, that's a prohibited ground of of discrimination, a disability leave. So the fact that they let her go while she was disabled is certainly a human rights issue on top of the fact that they owe her money for severance.
0: If you were to advise the employer next time on how to handle this, what would you have told them?
1: Well, in that particular instance, I mean, I would tell them I understand you guys are frustrated. I mean, it, it's hard I can understand it's very hard to write in business when the person's missing this much time. I mean,' you're, they're relying on her too. so I'm not unsympathetic to the employer side of things. But you know, this is an unfortunate situation that's of no one's real making. Nobody's kind of at fault here and you have to acknowledge that. And in the circumstances, you just have to give the give the you know the situation breathing space. Uh, Accommodate the employee as best you can. And if things get really bad, then you may want to consider talking to her about some disability leaves if the medical issues keep propping up, if her doctor says that may be necessary. But certainly what you don't want to do is rely on those instances and terminate her for cause simply because you're, she's not showing up and you think that's her responsibility. Would that employer be
0: well within their right to hire someone whilst she is off? Because as you said, they got a business to run, right?
1: Well, they can, they can certainly find someone to do work while she's off. Uh, right. The classic example is of a temporary workers' agency where you hire someone on a temporary basis for these gotcha. situations when you only need them for a very finite period of time. Uh, if it is a longer leave, then, you know, either you can try to split up her responsibilities amongst the employees you have right now, you can... Maybe you need to hire someone immediately, and maybe you hire them on what's called a fixed-term contract. You know, you you think that uh, her, her doctor's note says she's going to be off for about a year. You hire that person for a year and make that known from up front that, you know, they're only going to be here for that period of time. So there's no unreasonable expectations in that relationship. So there's certainly things that an employer can do. You know, to try to bring someone else in and mm-hmm. account for the work that this person is now unable to do while at the okay. same time respecting the employee who's off and making sure her their rights are protected.
0: 416-870-6400-640 on cell is the number to call in. You prefer one talk That uh, will work as well. We'll bounce over the phones right away. John, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you tonight? Very good. You got a question? Go for it.
2: Yes. Uh, in regards to severance, if you're injured in a job like um, where you end up on WSIB, is your timeline on a ticking uh, timeline to uh, about severance, or does it hold itself in place because you are on an injury work-related injury?
1: So uh, basically, I think what you're asking is whether your years continue to accrue mm-hmm. while you're yes. off on a medical disability or on WSIB not, in this not, instance.
2: Not so much a cure. Just secure like if you're being employed for uh six years and uh you go off on an injury where you may be off for several months um does your severance stay intact so that if they're able to put you back to work uh in that sense uh, in that job or a modified duties with that same company does that uh, for uh six years stay in place yeah um, but if they, if they can't if they don't I can't put you in back in work into the workforce in that business and you're being severed, severed off, the severance still come into play.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, if you're on any sort of disability leave or even if you're laid off of work on a temporary layoff, you, your years of service remain intact. They, in fact, continue to accrue. John, if you're off of work for medical reasons for a year and you come back, you're, you're still considered an employee for that year. So if you had five years of employment when you came off and six years when you come back and they let you go a year after that, you have seven years of employment total, which is the way that your uh, severance package would be determined in that situation.
2: Okay, that's good to understand. Okay. Thank you very much.
0: Glad we could help, John. Appreciate it, John. Thank you for the phone call. you want to reach out further, get a hold of Stan or Lior, a member of the team, one uh, 855 Email address works as well, help at employmenthour.com. Pretty simple. But for the uh, remainder of this hour, of course, 416 870 star 640 on your cell. Ted, good evening. Good evening. Um, kind
3: of a, a bit of a, re- a common sense rebuttal to... Um, is it Sam? Sam was silly in for Leor. Stan, Stan, yep. Stan. Sorry, sorry. Um, again, think of a think of a small a small business, really any business, and your 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 thinking to me is so not common sense. I feel sorry for the lady. She's had forty five days off, but you're talking about companies that have to run a business that hire somebody to hold a position, and then they're Mm-hmm. What? Oh, sorry, not here today. Sorry, can't be here. You know what? Go find another job. She's got seven months in. Just let it go. And and then, oh, it's a human rights thing. This is what brings the country down. Like, it's it's really, your thinking is really sad. You know, it's not like she's had years of employment. She just started.
1: Well, Ted, I mean, I understand exactly where you're coming from. As I said earlier, I, I'm sympathetic to the employer in the situation. I mean, it's not their fault either. But, it's it's, it's they're, really and they're, not and they are the
3: ones who are producing jobs for this country we're not here to produce jobs so lawyers like your company can be in business
1: yeah no, I agree absolutely not my you know my we're only around because people have to be like going oh, we have situations like this and then again it's unfortunate for both parties here, but ted I mean you know we also we also have certain liberties and rights that we feel rise above a certain level that it's not only just an economic question it's a social question and we've made uh, you know as a country certain decisions with respect to certain legislation we've passed and those decisions are that we ri- believe that human rights are the highest form of rights that people have and they can't be trampled with and in the, the instance that you're talking about you're saying that the company's interest should be put ahead of my cl- client's interests, and the. F- You know, not just her interests, but her human rights, because she is disabled in this situation. And rightly or wrongly, I mean, that's where the state of the law is today. So if you have a problem with that, Ted, it's not, you know, it's not an unfair objection. You're just talking in the wrong forum. You need to talk to your parliament.
0: Yeah, I mean it's and, and it's, it, it's you know it, it's funny we've we've had that kind of discussion before and Ted brings up a good point it's frustrating yeah. as hell for employers and Absolutely. it's just like you're banging your head against the wall but yeah it's the state of the rights uh, we have in the country right now you guys are simply defending either for or against an employer quite often it's the other way around you get employees that are just deadbeats and you guys got to come to the rescue of the employer
1: and that certainly and, uh, happens as well. <laughs> hundred percent it does. I
0: mean, that's, you know, that's half your business. It just, it just so happens that individuals phone this show and we get a lot of conversation from the employee side. That's why it seems slanted, but uh, it's definitely not that way uh, altogether. But I, I, I hear what Ted's saying, man, half the time, you like, really, really, you just started here and you're taking all this time off? How about shove off and let someone else take the job? I get that. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, it's, it's a very difficult situation for both parties and, you know, there, there's no right answer. Sometimes you're just trying to do the best you can in the situation.
0: 416 yeah. 870 star 640 on cell before we uh, we break and get to more phone calls. Want to get into, as you said, the topic for the night, and that is absenteeism in the workplace. Um, yeah, I mean, Ted mentioned 45 days. We're all like, wow, that's a lot in seven months. But how much time can a person miss from work if it is due to medical issues or illness?
1: Yeah, and that, that brings up a really interesting question because I, I... – it's it's a really hard question to answer. There's no right. defined period of time after which you know a employer can say, "Oh, you've missed too much." At the end of the day, it's all contextual here. I mean, it depends on what the doctors are saying. It depends on whether somebody's on disability or has a disability program that the employer provides for. Uh, oftentimes, you know, in disability law. Around the two-year mark, when you've been on long-term disability for about two years, they start to reassess the way you're evaluated for that for that type of eligibility for long-term disability. Right. And all, employers often equate those two things together as well, where they say, "Oh, you're not you're no longer eligible for LTD. Well, you know, you must be good enough to come back to work, or yep. you know." But it's, it's never that simple. I mean, it always comes back at the end of the day to what the professionals are saying. In this instance, the professionals are the doctors. Uh, the, the doctors are the ones whose opinions we're all relying on to determine what to do in this situation. If a, do, if a doctor says, hey, you know, this guy is so injured, he's never going to be able to do his job. You don't have to wait years. Before you say okay, you know that we can let him go. This is what we call frustration of contract. By the yep. way, that through no party's fault, mm-hmm. basically the part, the contract can't continue. And in that instance, you don't have to wait years. I, I in fact spoke to someone today who had been off of work for five months, but their doctors basically saying this guy will never work again. And in that instance, the employer said, took the position, well, you know that's frustration of contract. Unfortunately, there's nothing we could do here, and gotcha. that's perfectly legitimate. I have an employee right now who had been off of work for approximately 16 years. Wow. And at the time they let her go, she was actually only about six to, six to eight months away from coming back. And the snapshot, you know, in that context happens at the time she gets let go. So the fact that she had been off for quite a while, maybe a year 10, they could have said, look, this, you're not coming back. And yeah. they probably could have been right at that point. But when they took actually took the de- made the decision to let her go. At that point, she was ready to come back very soon based on her doctor's prognosis.
0: Well, uh we'll take a short break. Asha Peter, hang on guys. We'll get to your phone calls uh, on the other side 416-870-6400 star 640 on Council Employment Hour Monday Night Edition right here on Global News Radio. Stan Faisalberg is the guy for the uh, remainder of the show in the uh, in the hot seat, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. You got questions about your employment, your job, maybe you're an employer, and you have questions, bring them on, we'd love to, uh, to talk to you. You 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one that is toll-free. Asha, thank you for hanging on, good evening.
4: Good evening, my question is, Is there a a limitation of statute when it comes to filing a human rights complaint?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely, Asha. In uh, Ontario, the limitations period for, like most actions, is two years. Uh, Okay. And so if you have a human rights complaint, it would be two years from the time you either uh, discovered the complaint or the time the incident occurred, whichever occurs later.
4: Okay, and... uh, What's the time duration? How long does the process uh, takes since somebody approaches your office uh, till um, and um, like does this like is it a separate process where um, wrongful dismissal is uh, filed and human rights is it filed uh, with the superior court of justice or is it separately filed with the human rights? uh tribunal
1: how does this work that's a great question actually you can do both or well either Uh, you can file human rights complaint with the human rights tribunal of ontario and just like uh, any other case we can help people with that you know we draft the documents there's usually mediation that takes place and ultimately a hearing not very dissimilar from what happens in the courtroom at the same time in ontario you're actually allowed to file a human rights complaint or ask for human rights damages in a wrongful dismissal lawsuit in combined so you can actually do both in superior court which is often what we choose to do just because it makes more sense to combine the two actions and bring them in one particular forum
4: so uh, again to to be clear how much does the uh, time uh, what's the time process like uh, what's the, um, how much timeline are we looking at Let's say if somebody approaches you today, yeah, uh, till it it gets filed in the superior court, um, how much duration?
1: Well, oftentimes we can turn over uh, a complaint very quickly, like if you came to us today and had a consultation and retained us uh, and signed the necessary paperwork to allow us to be your lawyers by the end of the week, oftentimes the lawyer will be in communication with you very quickly, uh, asking you questions, and within a week's time we should have a document for your review so that you you can read it, approve it, and then we can file it with the court and start the process. Okay, thank you very much. Anytime, Asher. Thank you,
0: Asha. Appreciate that. You want to carry on? Now, one 821 5900 Get a hold of Stan and the rest of the uh, very capable team at the uh, at the firm. Moving on to uh, Peter. Hey, Peter, good evening. Thanks for holding on, pal.
5: Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Yes, I um, just have a question for you. I'm 69 years old. I'm working at a company for 48 years. Wow. Yeah. And my my boss came to me and today and said, and uh, he want me to retire. And January first, I'll be seventy. So I wanted to know what is my right for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, your rights with respect to this particular issue are really simple. Nobody can tell you when you're ready to retire, Peter. Okay. Uh, that decision is yours and yours alone. And okay. in fact, your your boss implying that and coming to you and asking you, in fact, telling you to retire, that is what we call age discrimination is itself a human rights violation okay so ultimately your boss cannot force you to retire that he can choose to let you go and pay you a severance commensurate with your 48 years and of employment and 69 years of age and all the work that you've done for him over those years but he certainly can't just say hey by Jan- in january you're done and i don't owe you anything after that and you're retired by the way
5: Okay, so um, what do I do with this now because... Um well, uh, You want me You want me to give him a letter? I said, no, I wouldn't. Uh, do that. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. No. Don't give him anything. You don't have to give him anything. Peter, this is a great opportunity for you to call us uh, yeah. during the working hours. You can talk to a lawyer. They'll give you much more uh, information about this. In fact, they can help you in the background or formally if you need it. And you kind of t- discuss this situation with your boss and explain to him that at the end of the day, you're not going to retire and put pretty much all the the onus and the decision back on him to make a decision as to what he wants to do. But in any case, as I say, I think the fact that he already approached you about this would would cause to age discrimination for you.
5: Okay, because I was a little puzzled with the company even before he bought it. and exactly. I was one of the guys that really um, he could depend on, and I was surprised he came to me today and said uh, he liked me to retire January the 1st. I'll be 70, so I was thinking that it's the only reason why is because I was seventy years old.
1: Well, you know, in today's environment, age doesn't matter. You know, there's no, there's no mandatory cut off at sixty five like there used to be in some industries. The understanding is that people will work until they want to and will stop when they choose to, and that's really the only consideration that you should be thinking about here is when you want to retire.
5: Okay, thank you very much. So I have, I have. So um, one more question. Um, so should I approach him again, or should I just let it go? What do I do?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, I think he's not gonna. He's not gonna let it go. He's probably yeah. gonna expect that come January, you're not gonna be there anymore. So as I said, I, I think it's best that you you contact us. Get in contact with the lawyer, uh, talk a little bit more about the situation, decide how best to approach it, what your goals are in terms of what you want to see happen, whether it's remaining at work, whether it's, you know, it, uh, progressing with a human rights complaint, whether it's, you know, telling him that he can't do that and setting up a constructive dismissal potentially or even a termination.
0: Peter, appreciate that. Please write this number down and don't make a move to the taught to stand this is uh this is gonna be an interesting one moving forward. In fact we want to hear what happens at the uh at the other end. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Peter, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred or help at employmenthour.com. dot com. We'll talk about that here more in a uh in a minute. I wanna move on to uh, to Eric though. Hey Eric, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you?
6: I'm good. Yourself.
0: Good pal. What's uh, what's on your mind?
6: Uh not much, uh I'm I work for a construction company and we have a warehouse guy that is going to be moving on to the road and he was telling me they want to put him back on probation. I I thought it was outrageous and I didn't know if that's right or not.
1: Well, it's it's a little bit more complicated I guess than that because in one sense he doesn't have to accept the job. If the terms are that he can be placed on probation, and keep in mind that just because he's being placed on probation doesn't in any way affect his severance. Probation is really, you know, the only time they can let you go under pr- probationary circumstances and not pay you anything is during the first three months of your employment. And that's if they have a contract that says that. Other than that, probation is just a term kind of used colloquially in the workplace to mean we're going to evaluate your employment. We're going to see how you're doing in your new job and then make a decision whether we want to keep you for the long term. And really, that's the situation pretty much all the time where whether they formally say it or not, if they bring him to a new position, decide after a couple of months it's not working out, they can ultimately let him go. They just have to pay him you know, based on his years in the new position as well as in the old position.
6: Okay, would they have to offer his old job back?
1: Uh, no, that they, in that situation, they wouldn't. Um, they certainly can if they want to bring him back, and if he wants to take it, then they can continue the relationship. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to do that, they'd rather let him go. As long as they're giving him a fair severance based on all of his years, then that's that's the company's right in that situation. Oh, okay, Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Eric.
0: Appreciate right, that. If you, you want to uh, reach out any further again, uh, for you as well, saying number one 855 821 Yeah, probations, by the way, are not automatic. That is something, that that's the nature of an employment contract. Yes, yeah, so you're not automatically in probation once you start a job unless it's laid out in front of you, correct?
1: yeah, no, not really in the sense that you know there's they can let you go and or evaluate right. your employment differently in that first three months. But I think there's always the understanding when the new position's being started, and the two parties are testing each other out, frankly, yep. that there's going to be a period where they're going to evaluate how things how how things go. and sometimes it doesn't work out, really, again, possibly through no party's fault. In that situation, yeah.
0: sorry, man, four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on cell before we move on to our chat about absenteeism. Uh Peter, I mean, there hasn't been mandatory retirement for about thirteen years Uh, as far as as far as we know. So that guy can work till he feels like dropping, which I mean, 48 years he's been at this workplace. Would he be one of those cases? Generally, we look at 24 months being the top end of severance. Would he get enhanced severance being 69 and almost 50 years of workplace? Or is he also topped out, do you think, at 24 months? Well,
1: I I certainly think there's a strong case to be made that these are this is one of those extenuating circumstances where realistically, I mean, it's fair to say, I think that it's pretty unlikely Peter's going to be able to f- move to a different job after 48 years with one company. You know, no experience looking for work. And I can certainly see a situa- uh, a judge looking at this situation and deciding, you know what, he needs to get more than 24 months to to properly account for all these years.
0: Yeah, makes sense, right? Absenteeism and the workplace is what uh, we're talking about. Isn't an employee's job protected while they're off on work, if they're sick, generally?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, so there's a couple of instances or that touch on this. The first is in again the Employment Standards Act. If you're off no. on medical leave, there is a, med- a sick leave uh, provision within the act that says you can have a certain amount of time off that, and your job will be protected. Uh, be- beyond that, you also have again the human rights situation where if you're off on sick uh, on sick leave because of a disability, you, the your job cannot be given away because that, that would be essentially terminating you because of the disability. And again, you get into human rights issues there. So if,
0: if you're off for a uh, amount of time and your employer, as we know, has a right to run their business as they see fit, they have things to get to done, so mm-hmm. they bring in a temporary employee. And during the weeks, months, however long it is that you're off because of your illness, the boss goes, you know what, this guy I got temporary, this guy's a freaking rock star, I want to mm-hmm. keep this guy. What are his options as an employer?
1: As an employer, yeah. well, I mean, of course, he can choose to keep the person. He can choose to keep both of them. Really, that would be right. the first option if they want to keep that the the rock star, as you mentioned. Then that's certainly the the company's prerogative. What they can't necessarily do is replace the employee with the the temporary worker. Okay. You know, they can certainly give that particular job away, but they have to at least try to look for and find another job that's similar to the one that the person who's off did at the time so that when they do come back there is something there for them 416-870-6400 640
0: on your cell or if it's your preference one 225 talk that number is toll free moving on to uh to bill hey bill how are you good evening
6: hey guys how's it going good brother what's uh what's on your mind well i just had a scenario or a bit of a question my 15 year old <laughs> son recently applied to a major supermarket chain to work in the restaurant Mm -hmm. Well, not the restaurant, but, you know, the cooking classes that they put on sometimes.
0: Yeah, 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 cool. Okay.
6: Um, Yeah, so he's going to be an assistant to to the cook there or the chef or whatnot. Um, And anyway, basically they're telling him that he's not an employee of this supermarket. He's going to be basically his own subcontractor, if you will.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
6: So this kid's 15 years old, and he's going to build this supermarket, his hours work. But my problem is, what if he gets hurt? Or what if he hurt someone else in the classroom by accident? How is he covered if he's not an, um, technically an employee
1: well, technically, in this situation like this that 's what WSIB is for so if hes if he were an employee, I would tell you the supermarket has to have WSIB coverage for him if he's not an employee technically he's supposed to have his own WSIB coverage, which you know you can imagine a fifteen year old applying for WSIB Generally, what a contractor does in this situation is you actually apply to WSIB. They will evaluate whether you are a contractor or an employee. And if they feel that you are actually an employee, they'll tell your employer, hey, he can't get this coverage because you have to get it for him. So I would suggest maybe starting there, having your son talk to WSIB about this liability coverage, and they will probably make that decision for the supermarket itself.
6: I understand if he gets hurt, he'll be covered by WSIB. But what if he spills a pot of water on somebody, a you know, boiling water, and hurt, and they're going to sue? Well, if he's not a, technically an employee of that supermarket, now they're suing him.
1: Well, like, I can tell you, that? in reality, they probably sue both of them. Um, and the question essentially becomes whether the supermarket whether it is vicariously liable through his actions. And then again, I mean, it gets co- a little complicated in terms of was the contract say was what, what the actual agreement. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, if he's evaluated to be an employee, then the supermarket would have to take on the liability there. And oftentimes okay. they have insurance for exactly those purposes.
6: When I got back to them, they they weren't able to, to answer me that. They had to go above their bosses to ask, and we haven't heard nothing back.
1: So. That's not surprising. I'm sure they'll probably need to get a lawyer involved themselves. But it's it's good to hear that you know, you're looking at and thinking of these pretty... Pretty random hypotheticals but certainly something that could happen and i you know i would hate to see your son have to end up in that situation
6: okay thanks for the clarity
1: yeah thanks, thanks bill. bill
0: appreciate it you want to uh, follow up at another time please do let us know what happens but i mean for all intents and purposes this bill's Son, here is 15 years old. I assume he doesn't have another job.
1: Mm -hmm. He's not a contractor, is he? He's an employee. I mean, can you? I I can't think of too many 15 year olds who are able to run their own businesses. So, no, in reality, he's not a contractor. He's a part time employee of the the supermarkets. Right. You know, they're just trying to, I'm sure, get away for either tax purposes or liability purposes themselves.
0: And I think you know both sides got to be careful because I mean, as his son, as you said, a 15 year old, this he's, he probably hasn't got a lot of you know wherewithal when it comes to you know remitting taxes and doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. He could get in hot water too if he keeps all this money in his pocket. And two years down the road, hey, you haven't paid us a, a drop, a penny of tax. That's going to be a problem for him as well, right?
1: Absolutely, the CRA can look back into your taxes. You know, going back six, seven years. And if they feel that you're not a true contractor, you may not only owe them back uh, taxes on your income, but you can also end up paying massive penalties, which can can be a lot more than the actual taxes you would have owed to begin with and the interest. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You
0: still got uh, some time here you want to call in, ask you. We get all kinds of questions, brilliant ones, just like Bill. So feel free to uh, call in and ask, ask yours as well. In the meantime, absenteeism in the workplace. An employer would not let an employee take time off work for medical appointment. How about that scenario? Is that even allowed?
1: Again, I mean, I would say that's a situation where the employer doesn't have much of a choice. If uh, If a doctor's, prescribed a regime that includes certain medical appointments and those medical appointments are absolutely necessary and you really can't get around having to take time off work because often medical appointments happen during the time that we tend to be working during the day, then the employer has to accommodate the situation, you know, onto, to the point of undue hardship, although it's mm-hmm. hard to think of a situation where an employer can't let an employee go a few hours early and, yep. you know, go to a medical appointment.
0: So an employer and an employee, how about this one? They have a disagreement, and the employee sent home, get out of here, said, they, we'll, we'll contact you when we want you to return. Well, several days later, they get a letter in the mail saying that they failed to show up for work, even though the employer told them that, uh, that they they abandoned their position say, is that even legal?
1: Yeah, I, it's something that I've actually seen a few times now, and it, it's, it surprises me that employers would try to get away <sighs> with something like that. It, it, I mean, of course, it's in a situation like that, you haven't abandoned your employment because you have to make the choice to to abandon your employment. You can't be tricked into it, so to speak, in the way that this is being done. So, no, your employer can't send you home with instructions. They're going to call you. And then because you didn't show up for work a few times, you know, based on their instructions, then they say you've abandoned your employment. In fact, you're you're following their instructions. You're not right. being insubordinate in that instance. You're being the exact opposite. So, uh, you know, we mentioned,
0: you know, an employer has to run their business when somebody's off on a medical leave. Can employers, can an employee rather, can their job be taken away and given to another employee if they're off on a parental leave? I know parental leave can be different, yeah? Uh,
1: Well, parental leave is a protected leave of absence, again, under the Employment Standards Act. And in a situation like that, it does get tricky. And you essentially, I mean, your exact job coming back from parental leave isn't protected necessarily. Uh, If your job, you know, let's say a company, a massive company makes 100 cuts and your job happens to be one of those cuts, it's not related to the parental leave at the end of the day. So in that instance, you know, it can be taken away from you. But what the employer cannot do is they can't in any way discipline you because of your parental leave in the sense that, you know, when we were talking about earlier, potentially, hey, I found this better guy. I'm just going to give him the job. You know, that's something that's not allowed in this situation. Right. You, your job is protected there, but, you know, it's not being eliminated. They're actually punishing you because you took parental leave in that situation, and the, the act won't allow for that.
0: Right. Want to get to some emails here if we have, uh, well, we've got a couple minutes left, so maybe not. would rather get to this, that phone call. Matthew, good evening. How are you? Not bad, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. Go ahead.
6: Okay, I'll try to make it quick. Um,
2: sure. I am in a, I'm in a unionized environment, which I know usually limits our legal recourses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I'm a steward of my work, and without going into too much detail, I had a situation where a senior employee at 62 years old was, uh, I'm going to kind of stiffen around a little bit, but basically he was kneeling down to pick something up and he was picking up with one hand and had his right hand on his leg to help himself up. Mm -hmm. One of my bosses came around and said, you have to lift with both hands. He said, I can't, I need the other hand to get up because my knee's sore. The employer said, well, if you can't lift that with two hands getting up, you shouldn't be working here. So then he went to lift it, he ended up popping his shoulder, fell back, it hurt his knee, and now he's on uh, leave for a little bit. He's come to the union, but my union's not the greatest, so I was wondering if they can't help him. Does
6: he have any outside legal recourse?
1: Well, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to hear about your colleague there. I mean, that sounds ridiculous. Um, he does, notwithstanding the fact that he is a unionized employee and doesn't have recourse to the courts, he does have one particular avenue of recourse in this situation. That's the Human Rights Tribunal. Uh, it sounds to me like, again, he's be- it seems to be a topic we keep touching on today. Yeah. You know, he's being discriminated against because he's just dis- has a disability or a medical issue. And actually, you know, notwithstanding that he can't hire a lawyer to go to court, he can hire a lawyer to go to the Human Rights Tribunal and that's not a decision that his union or employer gets to make for him. So that's one recourse I would say he has. Okay, perfect. Thank you. No problem, Matthew.
0: Appreciate it, Matt. And we'll, uh, let's get to that email. James, first one up, says, I was terminated uh, from work after two years as a technician. They didn't give me any reason, and I had no issue with raises every year. Are they allowed to terminate me for no reason? Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to say, James, because I know it seems uh, strange to hear because, you know, you did nothing wrong there for two years and they were rewarding you every year with raises. But the reality is that our law allows the employer to manage the workforce as they see fit as long as they don't discriminate against people. And in your instance, if they decide to let you go for no reason or maybe a business decision that you're just not privy to – then that's a decision they're allowed to make as long as they pay you a fair severance based on your years and your uh, age and position.
0: Rose, up next again, it is help at com. Rose says, I made a complaint at work about a colleague's conduct. My employer did an investigation but told me they didn't find anything. Two weeks later, uh, I'm terminated without being given a reason, and I can't believe that it's because of the complaint I filed. I really think it is. Can I Can I be terminated for this reason?
1: So... Yeah, Rose, I mean, it kind of depends on what the complaint was. Uh, if we just presume that it was a complaint that you made against your colleagues' conduct that wasn't in any way related to human rights, and, you know, in this instance, the, the employer did a actual proper investigation and didn't just do a paper investigation, uh, and they've come to their conclusion, even if you disagree with that conclusion, Rose, at the end of the day, I mean, that's the employer's right to make. And if they've now let you go and, because even let's say it's because of the complaint. Maybe you're right. right. Maybe it's because they thought that you're you making the complaint was unwarranted, unsubstantiated, and you were trying to slander your colleague. You know, that if they make that decision, ultimately that's their decision to make and they can let you go and pay you out.
0: The question is paying you out properly.
1: Exactly. And I mean that right. they certainly can't take the position that they don't owe you any money because of that. Uh that i mean unless they can really prove the possibility that you made this all up which is yeah. you know never the story then they can't they certainly owe you what you're owed at that point well, uh, we'll call it
0: there, brother. Good uh, good job filling in, and I know you'll, you'll come back here uh, real soon. In the meantime, you want to get a hold of Stan or Leo, a member of the team? No problem. It 821 1-855-821-5900, and help at employmenthour.com. We're back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. The weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30. That happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend morning, so catch that if you haven't already. Stick around. On Point continues. Arlene Bynum filling in tonight. Don't go anywhere. It's coming right back on Global Global News Radio.